a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. The medicine go down in the most delightful way. <laughs> I'm the boogeyman and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> He's back. It's 10 minutes with the boogeyman. Yeah, what the fuck's going on, man? Where you guys been, man? Where's all my letters? <sighs> Dario Shit. Dario was supposed to send you all the letters. Well, Dario, you know, he's got a lot of... Sus- you know, I, all I hear... I hear that name and I think Betrayal. That's all I think. Well, I think Dario name, Dario Berdishian associated with Betrayal. That's all I can say. Listen, I think Bruno's probably in the good books right now. Bruno? Yeah. I don't, I don't even know who that is anymore. <laughs> I don't even know who that's any relevant name. That's like fucking when you talk about president elects, you think of like Mitt Romney or something like that's literally he's as insignificant to me as Mitt Romney. Oh wow, that's a bold statement. Well, that is a bold statement, but I I make bold statements. I come back on the fucking air, and you know, like shit's gonna get crazy. People know what I'm about. And if I say Bruno Berdichian is Mitt Romney, then you better well fucking believe it. Well, you are back on the air now, and it's been six months. Fuck it. We'll do it live. That's what I said. <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck it. Yeah. We'll, so we'll fucking do it live. Let's go. So where, where yeah, are we, you? You know, I took a little forced time off there. You know, it was not uh, by choice, but, uh, you know, we all make decisions in life, and sometimes those decisions, they don't getting us in a shitload of trouble. And I am a victim of my own stupidity, so there's nothing I can really do about that. Well, do we even need to talk about it? I mean, fuck, that's up to you, buddy. You're the host. I'm just a fucking guy. Well, I don't know. Like, I get asked a lot of questions. I go through those questions, and I answer them to the best of my ability without being uh, an asshole or, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Okay. You know, like there's, yeah, let's talk about it. So, like, because I don't want you to have to go through these awkward conversations where you have to dance around the subject when these people just want the truth. Okay. That's what we're all about here at the Spice Life Podcast. This is not the Spice Life Podcast anymore. This is the final Fuck shot you. Podcast. It's the Spice Life po- Podcast as of six months ago. <laughs> okay, so let's, That's go into where a, I'm stuck. let's go into a time machine then. Six months ago, you went over to Quebec and you fought Simon Keane. Yeah, that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? That was a valuable lesson. That was one of those things where I don't have any amateur experience. I don't have, you know, uh, a huge boxing pedigree, but I'll go out and I'll fight tough dudes. And basically I went out there and I lost focus a few days before and I had too much shit going on, too many distractions and Simon beat the shit out of me. And that's that, you know? And then, uh, so I took that and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get better, I'm going to train hard, I'm going to do this different, I'm going to do that different, and fucking I ended up in prison, so that wasn't cool. 
Okay, so you went over, and there was some bullshit going on behind the scenes a couple days before the fight. The fight happened. You came home. What the fuck happened? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there was a bunch of shit going on in my life, and basically that's just the inexperience and immaturity level that I possess. And uh, what happened was I let myself get distracted. I let, uh, you know, my personal life get in the way of my professional career. And, uh, you know, I paid the price for it. You know, Simon's a professional. He knows how to stay focused, and he came out and he capitalized on a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, I came back and, uh, you know, I got my parole breach. I, I'm now done parole. So that's why we're doing the, uh, the podcast again. But the bottom line is, is, you know, like I made some bad decisions 10 years ago <clears throat> and, you know, I still have to pay for those consequences every day. And, uh, what I did was I got myself in a situation that, uh, uh, you know, uh, people were able to leverage, uh, a certain situation on me. And uh, they capitalized on uh, a sabotage, and I gave them that opportunity. And, yeah, basically I got my parole breached and for no reason. And when, uh, when it came down to it, unfortunately, the court system works a little bit slow. And uh, it took four months for them to hear my case. And once they did, you know, I was released on uh, my statutory release. And I was sent back to Surrey. I had to do the rest of my sentence there. And on the 28th, I was... I'm now free and clear as of the federal parole system. And so I am a free man. I'm not allowed to travel. I don't have to check in. I don't have all these stupid conditions that I have to follow. And, uh, you know, I worked really hard to get where I was. And uh, unfortunately, towards the end, I got distracted and I got flipped up and it cost me dearly. And now I'm on the track to get all that shit back and then some. Okay, to answer the biggest question of all, for the new charges yeah. that were laid, you were 100% acquitted. Nothing. You the new charges that were laid. So, so here's what happened. So, uh, once I presented the evidence, the crown said that we cannot proceed with a case. It's an unwinnable case once the evidence was provided. Now, unfortunately, I'm in a situation where I'm on parole and I have a pass, and so they don't let you get away. So, even if, even if <clears throat> um, there was an acquittal, it's still technically not an acquittal. What they agreed to do is they agreed not to proceed with charges if I. Uh, signed a peace bond. So what it is, is is just minor technicalities, which I was already abiding by anyway. Very, very low inconvenience level of those. I agree to do that. And then in a year, they throw out the case. So it's just because they consider me a dangerous, a danger of public safety. Like I'm not, I'm a risk to the safety of the public that they have to put certain conditions on any sort of acquittal that I get. So the charges were all bogus. They realized that they decided not to proceed with charges, but they just asked. And I had the option. I had the option that I could have just said, no, fuck it. You know what? We'll fight it. Paid the lawyer, gone to court, done all that shit, won the case. Because even they, in their own words, said it was an unwinnable case. And I agreed to sign a peace bond just because that was the, the path of the least resistance. And knowing my track record and how things have gone in the past, I don't really trust things to work out in my favor all the time. So... That's the decision that I made. So after a year, the charges will all be dismissed. Okay. So long yeah. story short, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I got no new charges, nothing hanging over my head. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back in the mix. I wanted to fight in December. I was ready. I trained every day in prison. I was doing my road work. I was working with some guys in there. We did a little bit of sparring, but, you know, it's not <laughs> real sparring. It's just, you know, kind of sparring. But we are still doing it and a little bit of trouble, but it's not a big deal. And now we're back. I finally got back to Parksville. I'm um, living with my buddy Ty, so you can expect some episodes 
there. We're at, we're in the trailer park. Oh, I love it. And yeah, that's how we're living now. So I'm now the Canadian Gypsy King. Yes. We're going hard. We got a girl on the couch. She came at the house, and we're just trying to figure out what her name is. We don't know. You know, like, while you were away on your vacation, I did talk to you every day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was in a constant state of panic, so I was like, <laughs> "Fuck it, we'll call Tanner," and that's what we did because I had nobody else to talk to. Uh, you know, I call mom, but she's not really good at giving me prison advice. Unfortunately, sweet lady, love her to death. But, uh, you know, when it comes to prison, it's a little bit out of her wheelhouse. And so, you know, I'd still call them. But I was like, fuck it. Let's know what's going on with Tanner. Tanner's got his words in the street. He's always talking to Manny and all that bullshit. And so I was like, you know, give me, give me fucking Dario's address. I'm going to send him a letter. And you know what? I did. And he never sent one back. He actually blocked me on Facebook. That's what that motherfucker did. He blocked me on Instagram. Of all the things, of all the things I do for Dario, I've raised him since he was a child. Everything I do for him, and then I come out and I'm blocked on Instagram. You know, he tried to get me to block you too. Yeah, it's standard Dario move. Yeah. Betrayal. So now you're back in Parksville. You're back with Coach Rich. You're living with Ty. Yeah, we got Ty. Yeah, Ty's, Ty's, I'm pretty sure you're paying Ty's mortgage to monitor me. I'm worried about Ty. I'll be all right. You know, he's, he's a big boy. He's been around. He knows my shenanigans. And they, they actually, they gave him a trank gun and a taser. I found it. Oh, I have the dart right here. <laughs> it's an effective tool. Hey, it worked the last time. It sure did. So now we're looking at the date of March. Yeah, it's fucking, we're going to fight everyone. March 9th apparently is the date. And I got word today that I am allowed to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we got to make it happen. Like I said, everything's got to go through Rich first and his fucking madness. But yeah. uh, as far as I know, we're coming back to Edmonton. But like I said, this is a conversation i got to have with my coach. i got to make that very clear. Yes. Because nothing really goes through without him okaying it. And so, but yeah, here uh, we're going to fucking fight Stan in March, which is a dope fight for me. You know, here's another guy. He's got tons of amateur experience. He's a big athletic guy. He's a, he's a good dude, and, uh, you know, he's a talented fighter. He's got 10 wins. He's just coming off a nice little win. And, uh, you know, I'm li really looking forward to, to getting out there and, and uh, showcasing everything I've been working on for the last six months. Well, I'm kind of scared for your first opponent back. Oh, fuck, I'm pissed, dude. Like, you have no fucking idea. When you're sitting in there and you're just watching the, the things you care about and everything that you've worked for since your fucking last fuck-up, just disappear on you and go off into the wind. It does something to you. It fucks you up. And so like, you know, I'm coming out and I'm training with a vengeance and you know, basically anybody that they put in front of me, this is all I want. I don't want to fight these fat Mexican motherfuckers. I don't care about them. You know, I want to fight tough, talented guys who are the same size as me, who are the same athletic abilities and you know, more experience or the same experience. I really don't care. I want to challenge myself. I want to fight tough guys. I don't mean to fight these fat motherfuckers and all of a sudden go fight Simon and, uh, you know, uh, lose because of lack of experience. You know, I, mm -hmm. I still think I could beat Simon. I would love to fight him again in the future. But, you know, he's got his own road he's got to travel. And if we meet somewhere along the line, then, you know, perfect. If not, then, you know, whatever. Fuck, I'll f find him somewhere else. <laughs> well, my, but, dad, uh, my dad, he used to tell me something when I was a kid, is that I'd fall into a pile of shit and come out smelling like roses. And while you fell into a pile of shit, the heavyweight yeah. division is wide open. Yeah, you know, Simon lost, and, uh, you know, he got knocked out by Dylan, and Dylan's fucking got something coming his way eventually, too. 
and uh, you know, so it's uh, it's a it's a cool it's a cool time to be in the Canadian boxing scene because you know, fighting works like this. Like basically, you got to beat up everybody in your city, everybody in your province, everybody in the in the western part of your country, then everybody in your country, and then you got to move on. And none of us have done that. Yeah. So. You know, like there, I think we should just do a big ass tournament and get us all the all to fight each other. Because there's some guys, Frankie Real, there's some guys hiding in the wind that you know are talented, good fighters that a lot of people don't know about because they're not fucking stupid. They don't talk shit like me. But like, you know, like let's let's see where their skill levels at. Let's put everybody together and get everybody to fight. You know, we'll do like a round robin all year. That's all I want to do. I want to be in training camp all year. Well, I got nothing else going on. Well, it's a good thing right now because now we can actually fire back up like the white Bengal tiger Dylan Carmen stuff. That stuff was fun. Yeah, you, you know what? He's fucking, he probably thinks he's too good for uh, knowing that dude. Fucking, he's 25th in the world. And you know what? Fair enough. You know what? He got there, but, you know, I, I see someone face-to-face a lot different than an internet beef. You know, yeah. I don't care what he says or what he thinks he's about. You know, it's a different kind of animal when you got to face me. It's a very true story when you got to look somebody in the eye. Yeah, like uh, I, I remember exactly. the 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 build up for the the Simon Keen fight when you guys finally got face to face. It was something to see. Yeah, it was fun, man. I would love to do that again. I would love. I I love fighting in Montreal. I love fighting in Edmonton. I love fighting in BC. You know, like as long as they're big, tough, challenging fights. You know, uh, I I would take a different road to get to a guy like Simon again or get to Simon. You know, I can't I can't be calling these guys out coming off a loss the way that I did. Yeah. You know, so the bottom line is I got to beat three tough guys, three real guys, and I got I got names. There there is a list. Yes. And uh, you know, like I take that list very seriously. And so you know, it's gonna be one at a time. It's gonna be beat this dude, beat this dude. It's like jumping levels. There's levels to this shit, and you know what? You can't call out guys when you're coming off a loss. You're not rated high, and you know, you just, like, these guys are all winning. And so it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I got to start from the bottom and, and work my way up. You know, we're just going to do it like Drake, I guess. So we just passed New Year's. Do you do people ask you or did you have a New Year's resolution? Because I got asked that fucking question too many times. A New Year's resolution? Yeah. A New Year's fucking resolution. Let me think. I do have New Year's resolution. Not to make bad decisions anymore. <laughs> Stay the fuck out of trouble. How about that? How I about could, that? I couldn't come up with anything else other than like slapping Brian Caldwell in the face. I'll Okay, what the say that about Caldwell guys being distracted. Uh, uh my my New Year's resolution this year was to smack Brian Caldwell in the face. Well I'd like to make that happen. Yeah, I think it'd be. We fun. could smack Caldwell in the face. You know, I got another goal too. I got to fucking hook up with a Playboy model. That's a new goal. Fuck it, I'm putting it out there. Yeah, do Playboy models listen to this fucking podcast or what? Do we really want to go down this road? Yeah, we're going. Fuck, we're already on it, man. We're already there. Okay. Hey. I'll well, see. you know what? I'm taking. I'm taking a year off. I'm taking a year off the dating scene. I'm taking a year off the dating scene. So, like, I think we're at about six, seven months, and then I'm taking applications. Okay, so you mentioned the Playboy, a Playboy model. Now I do have a connection to the Playboy Mansion. I'm not you even. You have joking. a connection to the Playboy Mansion. I do. Well, you know what? I mean, you're gonna have to get a drone to drop me off or something. I don't think they're gonna let me in. Okay, so the guy that does all the videos, uh, Derek. Yeah. He used to work in the porn industry. So Derek used to work in the porn industry. Okay, so go on. He wasn't like fucking anybody or anything like that, but he was selling it. He's been to okay. the Playboy Mansion about seven or eight times, and he still Amazing. has connections there. 
Oh, perfect. So All we, right, Derek. We could bring one over. Well, I think it has to start with a calendar sheet, really. So it's like I have to get their attention by doing a calendar sheet. So I know Yelena listens to this. So, yeah. Yelena, let's fucking make it happen. We'll get you out of here. It's a nice scene here in Parksville. We'll do like a beat. It'll be very tasteful, but we'll definitely do it. And you know what? I'm actually working on a, a collaboration, a collaboration of, uh, of uh, I've been finding some like Scandinavian, Norwegian hotties, and we're just going to do like a fucked up Viking photo shoot, I think. I like that. Yeah, so we'll bring Yelena out for that. That'll and be uh, I think I think that's going to go big. So as a lot of people know, I do, I've been monitoring your Instagram for a while. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I've turned it off. Yeah, it's, it's, you handed it back over. Yeah, I turned it off. I don't even look at it no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it. It's uh, it gets a little weird for sure. You gotta you gotta have a strong stomach to witness that what's going on there for sure. I'm used to your nonsense, but yeah, come like usually about nine o'clock my time, it just starts going crazy. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely weird for sure. We're. Uh, you know, we got to be careful, though, right? Because we're on the seven-month timeline, so, you know, we Yeah, so... got to be careful. I owe you a, we got to be careful. I owe you a chip, though, an abstinence chip. Yeah, we got to do the abstinence chip. See, like, a lot of people are like, you can't count prison. I was like, yes, you can. Yeah, yes, you, can. you can. It counts. There's people yeah. in there you could have done things to. Okay, well, technically... Let's go back for a minute. Okay. I technically did have a Playboy model at one time. Shut the front door, really? Yeah, I did, technically. I can't reveal any names at this time. Like, were they in the magazine? Yeah, but she was a busty blonde. That's all I'm going to say. That's oh. all I'm going to say. It was a busty blonde. Okay. 38, triple F. Okay, but she was in Oh, the... sorry, wait, I think, hold on, double F. 38, double F, yeah. That's gigantic. What do you do with that? 34 double F. It was impressive. <laughs> I would, she would do slow runs to me for everything. If I was like, hey, custom microwave popcorn, everything was a slow run. It was fucking amazing. Like a Baywatch scene. Yeah, it was like a Baywatch scene. Yeah, she, you know what? I think I still have some photos somewhere of her in a Baywatch bikini. It was impressive. Like she, we bought it strictly just for daily activities. I'm not mad at that at all, but she was in the magazine. She was in the magazine, yeah. Playboy one, yeah. Okay. What year? Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, I think it was like 2017 or 16, maybe. So we can look it up. We can. We can look it up, yeah. She's also on Instagram, too. Okay. Well, we're yeah. going to figure out. Yeah, we're not going to name any names. You know, we got to be careful. We got. Yeah, I had to sign a non-disclosure. But we don't want that one back. We want a new one. Well, you never know. I'm open to possibilities of accepting old applications back. But realistically, I would probably have to give applications and do some sort of probationary period, I'm assuming. I think so, yeah. Um, all applications yeah. after the seven months will have to be run through myself. They're, I'm going to have a, a, an application for these females to fill out. And if they don't make the cut, they just won't get a response. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. This girl knows that you were pretending to be me on Instagram and talking to her, hitting her up. Really? Yeah, she said, look, and, and you know, I figured it was Dario. I figured Dario hacked into my account. Well, fucking, maybe it was Chia Petta. Because it was like after you had signed off, 
So somebody hacked in and sent her a message because she sent me a message. She's like, oh, hey, like, I'm going to come up there, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? I was like, when did this all happen? And, like, she was like, yeah, you messaged me the other day, and I had to scroll back through the history, and it signed in from Fort Lauderdale. So I think that's where those two fucks are. Yeah, that's... What? Yeah, that would definitely... Yeah, exactly. If it was me, I'd tell you. I know that. I know 100%. That, and that would be get, in a circle of trust. That would get me in trouble. Well, a lot of trouble. <laughs> you panicky. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, dude. I'm just fucking with you. He's panicky. He's like, he's like, I just, I did do that. I just get in trouble for my wife. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, dude. Well, the, it is a believable story. You good, dude. Oh, like, fuck. It's been too long. He's interviewing soft ass fucking people that don't fuck with you. Okay, so here's here's the what we've run into in the last six months is we just did our our year end wind up on the show, and we yeah. did figure out that I was I've been lost for the last six months with the show. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, you got get, a little weird. Yeah, I got weird and awkward. Yeah, is you fucking you know what? That's what happens. You watch Caldwell's fucking Instagram, you get awkward. Period. So this is a good episode for you to be on, actually, because who you will be opening up for is Emmanuel Estevan, the runner of Punching Grace. Oh, right on. Yeah, we like her. She's cool. So the the French people are going to hear this. Praise the Lord. Which is great. You know what? Yeah, let's fucking go back to, to Montreal. Everyone's like, when the fuck are you fighting? I'm like, fuck, let's get after it. Yeah, now. I'm ready. I trained with Rich today. He's fucking, he just texted me. He's like, decent start. And for him, that's like... <laughs> That's a compliment. Get a fucking award. Yeah, that's a fucking compliment if I've ever got one. He literally was like, good start. Well, I know you got as low as right around 230. Are you back up? Yeah, we're about 245 right now. You know, I've been eating. Uh, you know, I like to indulge myself around Christmas. I, uh. Who the fuck's panties are these? What the fuck is going on here? Did you just find a pair of panties? I just found. Yeah, I'm going through my shit here. Don't smell them. Oh, that's standard. (laughs) Small petite. Oh, wow. These are like some luxury items. Wow. All right. Impressive. What color are they? We have all sorts of different colors here. It's like uh, a rainbow of options. Yeah. Do you have a fur on one of them? It's like some sort of like Viking getup, like Nordic fucking underwear. It's like. Hairy, furry, beaver pelts. Like there's like a wolf skin one. Oh wow! There's a bear pelt. Yeah, it's impressive. It's like definitely homemade. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, it's impressive. What were we talking about? We got interrupted by uh, our panties. Yeah, crochet underwear. We're talking. That's what we were talking about. Girls who knit their own underwear. That's what we were talking about. I don't think that's what we were talking about. But we can talk about it. Oh, you're talking about how you're all fucked up because there's nothing to talk about because I'm a fucking weirdo and I go off on these tangents and it's like people are like, "Fuck it, we need to see what this guy's up to." And it's like, you know what? I was locked in the cage for four months and then stuck on outsourced for two months. It was not fun. Yeah, no, it wasn't fun for any of us. Right? No, and I was like sitting there and I was like feeling sorry for myself and I'm like, yeah, oh, wham, but I'm like, and I saw a meme and it was like. What the fuck did it say? It was like, it was like, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is you're an idiot. You make bad decisions. I'm like, boom, somebody nailed it. hundred percent. I was like, they got it to a T. That's me. That is you. Yeah. hundred percent. So you know what? We're going to correct that. You know, you know what? I did get diagnosed. I got diagnosed with ADHD. I was talking to this doctor for like five minutes about something completely 
irrelevant. And he's like, hey, can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, uh, you ever have trouble with the law, trouble in school? You know, do you start things, not finish them? Are you pretty impulsive? And he's like, substance abuse problems? I'm like, check, 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 check. What's up? He's like, you have the worst fucking case of ADHD adult onset that I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, that's fucking explains a lot. I was like, what do we do about that? And he's like, oh, you're, you're, you're fucking hopeless, buddy. And I was like, right on. I told you that two years ago. Oh, yeah. No, it's standard. Standard operation. I get all worked up, and then it's just fucking everything turns into a whirlwind. And I'm like, oh, shit. How did this happen? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. The, the time that you told me that you seen a family of raccoons on the side of the road, you stopped your car, jumped out to chase them, and forgot to put the car in park? That's when I yeah, knew you were ADHD. Drifted away, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was done with the car, though. I was like, be gone, car. Go away. And I, was, I wanted to pay <laughs> attention to the raccoons. Yeah, and you chased a family of raccoons. I still have that vehicle, actually. It's still, it's reliable. The, that's the fucking Jeep, right? Yeah, you know what I think I'm going to get? I think I'm going to get a Husky, a nice big dog. Are you going to get a dog? Yeah, I'm thinking that. Right? We're in the trailer park. We're going to get a dog. You know, I think that's pretty standard. Most people around here get pit bulls, but I'm more of a husky man myself. I think you need, like, an Alaskan Malamute. Yeah, like, cross with a wolf and possibly a dragon. If it could fly, that'd be great. 100%. That would be the only... And breathe fire. Yeah. Where do we yeah. get that? Well, clearly the internet. <laughs> Probably Japan. That'd be the place where we mm. would find that. That'd be dope. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Hit up May- we'll hit up Floyd and just be like, Floyd, buy me a fucking dragon husky. He probably he's has like, dope. Three. I got two. Uh, he's like, dope, I got two. Yeah, he's probably got, he'd yeah. probably just give it to you. That'd be great. 100%. What'd you get like for Christmas? People give it to me. What'd you get for Christmas this year? What did I get for Christmas? Yeah. Uh, my dad gave me some canned salmon. I like that. Yeah, it was, uh, I love salmon, right? So I got some canned salmon from the old man. Mom didn't get you nothing? Mom? Oh, she got me like a gift certificate to Marshall Warehouse. I was like, cool. I like their... They have affordable, stylish clothing. And if Marshall Warehouse people are listening, you're, I enjoy wearing your clothing. You're going right. the lumberjack route right now. Yeah. We're, well, yeah. It's like you you got to fit in with your surroundings, right? So it's like, you know, I got, I got lots of plaid. I got some boots. You know, we got it all. So if you're going to fit in with your surroundings, you better start wearing wife beaters with mustard stains on them. <laughs> it's standard. I thought all wife beaters just came with mustard stains on them. Because <laughs> everyone that I have has at least two stains on them. See, I went into Marksworth Warehouse the other day, and I was looking around, and I was like, holy fuck. They got nice clothes yeah, in there. It's basically your wardrobe. They got nice clothes. I like it. Yeah, you know what? It's great. I got a nice pair of boots there i got like some skinny jeans excuse me and like the lady couldn't believe that i wanted like just, i was like give me the skinniest jeans you have she didn't believe me but i was like let's do it why do you have fucking skinny jeans because i love it i like to roll it up on a little boot and it's like you know i wear like my fucking weird suspenders and like a plaid shirt and like, i just pretend to be a hipster wear my glasses and i fit in that civilian life you know if i dress too ostentatious people get the wrong idea about what I'm up to. They think I'm up to nefarious activities. Adam, you're six foot five. You're not going to fade into the way into the background with skinny jeans on. Trust me. Oh, I'm inconspicuous when I want to be. I can't believe you got skinny jeans. Yeah. Like I came in. I guess they're the same huh? as the track pants we all wear, though. Yeah, you know what? It's, uh, I, you know, my friend Mike Brown, he used to play for the NHL. He was uh, with the Canucks 
tough guy. Not like the most recent Mike Brown, the old one for Pavel Bury. Yeah. That motherfucker, I go into his house and he's like, you wear tapered pants? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're the last motherfucker on earth wearing baggy sweatpants that like go underneath your sandals and no socks and sandals. I go, that look died about the same time you got traded for Pavel Bure. That's a true story. Then we ordered $80 in Chinese food. And I was like, how the fuck did two guys just eat $100 in Chinese food? But we did it. Hey, I respect that. Yeah. But the, the, the baggy track pants kind of faded away. I don't, I don't think I own any of those pairs anymore. No, you got to throw those away. You got to give those to the... Even the homeless people, I don't even think, really like those. They like the nice tapered look, right? Because then it doesn't get caught in their dirty in their dirty sandals and their dirty shoes. Yeah, you're I feel like more aerodynamic. Sometimes I just do wind sprints up and down the street. So I put on the tapered track, and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I feel like David Beckham. Well, your friend Adeline hates them. Yeah, well, Adeline... You're, I know you're listening, <laughs> Adeline. Okay. We got some questions about your choice and style. We have we have a lot of que- we have a lot of questions about all your choices. Number one, why are you friends with us? Because that's fucking madness. Anybody who's friends with us is fucking crazy. It's true. Like I get messages all the time, and they're like, "Hey, bro," and they're like, "No offense, but I can't follow you anymore. Don't tag me in anything because I get so many fucking weirdos messaging me." And you know that that's the reality. Of the and we all know who we're talking about. Yeah, Dario. You don't have to say any names. We all know it. Dario can't hang out with us. That's a name we don't speak of anymore. Yeah, okay. So we're going to put the, him as the Media name ban on Dario Berdishian. Media banned. Yeah, he's not allowed on the show anymore. Fuck him. No, fuck him. Why would you have him on the show? What is What What can he contribute to the show? You know, you know what? I'm not even going to say it on air. I, I can't even say it on air. I had his I had his last opponent Shaquille Finn on and he killed it and Dario wouldn't even come on to defend himself. Yeah. Well we know why. Yeah, we'll have Shaq back on. Fuck it. We'll give Yeah, let's get Shaq back on. You know what? I can't do it. Dario's still my buddy. <laughs> I, I can't fully commit to it. Sorry. No. Sorry. I no. will I will we'll have Bruno back on though. He's hilarious. Yeah, perfect. I love it. You know, I got to catch up and listen to all the podcasts because you know what? I've been I've been partying. I've been in seclusion, right? They fucking they basically put me in Siberia for a while, and it was not the experience that I had hoped it would be. Not that I had hoped that Siberia would be fun, but I was definitely there and it sucked. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, Anthony Chiapetta for a second. Holy fuck! Where do you want to start with that fucking weirdo? There's something wrong with him. But yeah. mentally, he has a giant rubber dildo that he carries around with him everywhere. Yeah, but the truth is, it's like all these signs. Oh, hey, Tyson. Hi, Ty. Hey, Ty, I'm doing the podcast. You're on the podcast right now with Tanner. How are you? Yeah. We're all, we're all in Ty's space. He's used to like living solo, and we're just fucking invaded. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't move out. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't move out of his own house. Yeah. <laughs> so we're Anthony Chiapetta and the giant dildo. What is this? Yeah, what's up with that? What does he do with that? Well, he throws it on the mirror. It's a suction cup, yeah. one, so it sticks to things. So obviously he got it for the shower. Anthony has a suction cup dildo. Girl on the couch, are you familiar with such devices? She doesn't talk. She hasn't said one word. I've lived here for like four days. She hasn't said one word. I was like, do you come with the house? She doesn't talk. Who? 
I don't know. There's a girl on the couch. I moved in. There's a fucking girl on the couch. I don't know who it is. She doesn't say a word. She hasn't said a fucking word. Is it Ty's girlfriend or wife? Like, what the fuck? No, Ty, Ty leaves and stays with his girlfriend. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Oh, so there's just a random chick there. Yeah, I think she's just squatting here. This sounds like normal activity for you, though. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, like most people will get a little bit worked up about that situation, but I'm like, dope, what's your story? Tell me. Hey, Tell me about your life. She won't talk to you. She won't talk to me. She like, kind of like does interpretive dance, so... Uh, is she a regular white person or is she Asian? What is this? Well, okay. There's more to the backstory. Okay, I didn't fully disclose everything. Is it a blow-up doll? The Big Bad Wolf blew her house down. Oh, no. The Big Bad Wolf came in and blew her house down. Her house was destroyed and she escaped. Now she's on the couch. Okay. Well, hopefully her house gets rebuilt and the wolf stays away. <laughs> but she doesn't talk. She doesn't talk. She doesn't say one word. That's like the best roommate of all time, though. Correct. Does she cook food? She does not cook. I'm actually currently doing her laundry and cooking. Okay. So when you... I, I, like to, I like to reverse roles sometimes. This is something that I'm into. Are you full on in a, in a trailer park? Like, this is a trailer court? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like fucking Luxury Lanes Trailer Park or something like that. Sunnyvale Trailer Park. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's awesome. Do you like it? I love it. There's Ty's trailer. I wouldn't live anywhere else. Do you have your own bedroom? Well, I'm just, I'm like, Ty, like, when you move out. Yeah, I got my own bedroom. I was like, Ty, when you move out, I want to live here. And you're just going to keep it and pay rent? 100%. Okay. I don't see any other options at this point. I oh, fucking hopefully you got a spare room. I do, yeah. There's two rooms there. Uh, but the girl's sleeping on the couch. Fucking weird. She's on the couch, yeah. Yeah, she's on the couch, yeah. We, right. we, we we can't control what she does. She seems like a strong-minded individual. All right. Okay. 2019. Yeah. What are we looking for this year? Fight everyone. <clears throat> Line them up. Let's go. We're in training camp all year. I don't give a fuck. Let's make it happen. No breaks. You've had enough enough for breaks. No breaks. Oh, my God. Fucking breaks. That's the last thing I need. And you have no issue going to Edmonton, Quebec, Ontario. Just Everywhere. Don't Let's fucking line them up. Us versus everyone. I really don't care. And you can hit Europe. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. We'll go to Europe. Saudi Arabia. Anywhere. 100%. All right. Let's wrap this motherfucker up. All right, let's do it. Peace out, everybody. Okay. I miss you. I love you guys. You guys are the best. That's 10 minutes with I the really mean that. Oh, What? See ya. Huh? Ah, no, I said it. They're the best. I mean it. Well, I appreciate that. Hell yeah. I can I can end it now? Fuck it. We're going off the air. Okay, it's 10 minutes with the boogeyman. See ya. Today, the podcast is brought to you by the official gloves of the Final Shot Podcast, 
USG Canada. My boy Cody the Crippler Crowley, he's going to be fighting February 9th in Peterborough, Ontario, so make sure you guys check that out. But USG Canada, the official gloves of the Final Shot Podcast. We are also brought to you by Onnit. If you're not on it, get on it at onnit.com forward slash TFS podcast. Make your purchase. Use the promo code and you'll save 10%. If you guys are on YouTube, you guys can see who my guest is today. You guys might not know who she is. I don't actually know what you do per se, but I do know that you do some stuff for Eye of the Tiger Management and you do a heck of a lot of stuff for Punching Grace. Guys, it's Emmanuel Estevan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Tell me what you do, because I don't actually know. <laughs> it's hard to put it into a few words. Um, I do quite a bit in terms of ticket sales, marketing ideas, and it relays over from Punching Grace to Eye of the Tiger. Um, it's my father's business, and so uh, I, I help him out in any way that I can. We're a very small team, so we do quite a bit of the tasks all together. Well, I did have the opportunity to do some work for you guys at the last KO Boxing Show. I had a great time doing it. And something I didn't know is that I actually made boxing history books by doing the first English and French simultaneous co commentary on a show. You did. Yeah, we made history that night. It was fantastic. How did it turn out? Honestly, we're thrilled. Absolutely thrilled with the results. It was super cool to have you on board. And, uh, I mean, what more can you say uh, from making history? You know, it's uh, it's a feat in itself. Well, I was very excited for that show because there was a bunch of guys that fight for the Eye of the Tiger management, mostly in Quebec, that I mm -hmm. got to see live. Um, Sadradine, I was very excited to see him. That guy's a killer. Yeah, big time. And uh, Arter. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. They're real tigers. Yeah, and they're... They're nasty, two nasty little guys, but yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you, they're going to be future world champions. I guarantee it, 100%. So with the Punching Grace, now you guys have a streaming service. I know I've been shouting it out a lot on the, on the show and on my Instagram and whatnot over the last little while, but you guys have a streaming service, and it's not just going to be solely for Eye of the Tiger shows. No, like uh, as we did the December 14th show, it was a co-promotion with uh, KO Boxing. So it's really an opportunity for boxers everywhere to be seen on an international level because it's available worldwide. And uh, that's our goal. You know, a lot of our guys, it's hard for them to be seen in their smaller fights. So this way we build the fan base from the beginning. And it's only $11 a month. Yeah. It's cheaper yeah. than Netflix, guys, and you yeah. can watch whatever you want on there. Not like yeah. as when it comes to boxing, you can. Yes, exactly. And it's not just live fights. You know, you're guaranteed five live shows a year, but it's also the repertoire of all of Interbox's fights, as well as uh, Eye of the Tiger's fights dating 10 years back. So there's decades of fight history on that streaming service, as well as documentaries that are released nearly every week. So it's purely boxing content. For a boxing fan, it's a no-brainer. I, I, I first got turned on to it with the uh, Adam Braidwood, Simon Keane build-up for that fight. You guys did the documentary, The Boogeyman, and then yeah. you did the Simon's portion, which were very well done. And my daughter was actually on it. Okay, okay. So that was my daughter. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's the boogie child, so she's, uh, she's kind of like our mascot. 
That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. So she she'll be going to KO boxing on the next event because newsflash, Adam Braidwood's back March 9th. Oh, that's great news. That's really really exciting. So with the teams back together, the we got the band back together and we'll, we'll be uh going right for March 9th and go handle business in Edmonton. Super, super. I'm looking forward to seeing that then. What is the next live event that you guys will be doing? Is it going to be the January 16th show in Ontario? No, the next live event is going to be the January 26th show in Montreal. Okay. It's going to be Claggett against Germain. Yep. And uh, as well, there's going to be a junior world title fight for Sadridin in that card. And uh, Arslan Beck, Mahmoudov, our other heavyweight, is going to be... Uh, uh, part of the card as well so it's going to be really jam-packed with talent now i do have a uh, invested interest in that g time steve claggett <laughs> fight as steve claggett and i are fairly close he is actually the guest of the year on my show really yeah he was voted guest of the year so um i'll be paying attention to that fight very closely i did uh, talk to steve the other day and he he maybe threw an idea that i come in and do the english commentary for that one I like that idea. <laughs> I think it'd be important. Um, yeah, it's really, really, the hype is real. We feel the tension just talking about that fight. You know, it's, uh, you've got that English-French dynamic, but as well, as you know, Steve won against one of our fighters, Ivulis, back uh, in 2017 in October. Mm -hmm. And so there's a bit of a personal vendetta between our team and Steve. Well, so, Steve, Steve's team has a little bit of a personal vendetta, too, <laughs> seeing as how G-Time beat Cam O'Connell and their mm -hmm. sparring partners. Yes, that's it. So the hype is real. It's uh, We're looking for that Braidwood Keen kind of build-up, and hopefully that's what we're going to get because that fight, the ambiance was just unreal. Oh, if you guys want the Braidwood Keen build-up, you have to involve me. Yeah, well, of course, of course. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, It's a very important fight for uh, Canadian boxing, that card, because I believe Steve Claggett is at the top of the heap in his weight division in the world. I, he's He's got to be touching that top 15, top 10 area, and G-Time is right there too. That's it. It's going to be really the stepping stone. Whoever comes out of this, that fight winning it, it's going to determine who makes their career and who has to kind of rethink things. And Steve's had a, he's had some setbacks in his career where he, he's taken some fights. In my opinion, he won them and didn't mm -hmm. get the decision. Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about G time. I don't know a lot about his past, but he is undefeated, right? Yes, he is undefeated. And, um, He's got a lot to prove. You know, mm -hmm. this is his first uh, main event fight, so there's a lot on the line. And taking this big challenge like this, it's it's not going to be easy. I always get nervous for guys when they come into a big fight like this and they have an O attached to their record, because Steve knows what it's like to lose. Mm -hmm. So he's going to come and fight as hard as he possibly can. Where Jermaine, he doesn't quite know what it's like to lose on that big stage yet. And I all it's always interesting to me to see if these guys, when they lose, if they can bounce back. Yeah, of course. I mean, a set a setback is always the setup for a comeback, right? But I mean, we'll see. There's a lot on the line. He's very determined, and 
I don't think that Steve has ever faced, um, how can I say this? Germain's boxing IQ is frustrating to boxers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like a, a mental knockdown. You know, when you can't touch a guy, it's almost more frustrating than when you can knock him down. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to this fight. I talked to Manny Montreal about the fight, and we were comparing to uh, the Ulysses fight, where I believe that Ulysses probably technically is a better boxer than Jermaine. But um, Jermaine has his... He has an agenda, and it's planned out. Mm. From what I understand, if he's talking shit to you in the ring, it's already planned. Hey. He's very, very technical. That's what we'll see in this fight. It's going to be a seriously technical bout. Mm -hmm. And beautiful boxing is what waits us for that main event. Um, you know, they both have their strong points, Ulysses and Germain, but they're at different points in their career. So, you know, everybody has to make their steps up the ladder and Steve is Germain's next step. So we've got to do what needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys missed this fight, if you guys are listening and you don't order Punching Grace for $11 just solely for that fight, I'm disappointed in you because it's literally one of the best fights that we'll put on in 2019 in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're starting off the year with a bang, that's for sure. It's big. I wish the Cam O'Connell fight was on Punching Grace too so I could watch it. I know, I know. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try and get that footage up footage up there as soon as possible. It, will there be somebody there recording that event? Do you know? Um on uh well it's going to be live. January, well, the Steve Claggett one will be, yes. Yeah. So I was talking about the Cam O'Connell one. You have more in the know of what I'm go of what I oh, got going no. on. Oh, no, no. Um, for now, I'm unsure. Mm -hmm. Details that still uh, left to be confirmed. Yeah. Okay. So last time I seen you face to face, you were having a, a good day and a bad day. Uh, do you have a, an update for me on David Lemieux? Um, yeah, David's back in the gym. He's working hard. And uh, we're just focusing on moving forward. You know, he's, uh, he's very young. He's very talented. And uh, we believe in him 100%. Now, could we maybe see a, a, a weight class up for him now? I think that we'd like to try that out. We'd like to see him at 168. Truthfully, I don't really know what the next steps are. Mm -hmm. He's very close to my father. But um, so long as he's healthy, he's happy, he's working hard, um, that's what the next steps are. That hurt my feelings that he uh, he got, I don't even know how to put it, he just had a shitty weight cut. And he couldn't compete that night. But uh, to see a guy that's been through the ringer, he's had some tough losses, he's been a world champion, and, mm -hmm. uh, and get taken out of a fight because of a weight cut, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody was a little bit heartbroken that day. It was really, really disappointed. But uh, most of all, it was really worrisome. You know, we were very worried for his health. And, uh, you know, if you don't have that, you don't have much in life, so... You've got to take the safe steps, especially in a sport like boxing. Yeah. And he's one of my favorite guys to watch because he's never in a boring fight. No, no, that's for sure. You can always count on him to put on a great show. That's for sure. He ruined my day in his last fight. He was uh, fighting one of my guys, Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I really like Spike. He's, <laughs> he's fun. And uh, David, David took him out quick. 
well, that was how the fight was going to go, right? I mean, with two big, heavy hitters, it was going to go by knockout. And uh, it went in our favor. We were very happy. And uh, that could have been, probably been qualified for one of the knockouts of the year in 2018. Oh, it was nasty. Yeah, yeah, big time. Didn't David, last long. <laughs> David's, David's left hook is one of the nastiest punches in boxing. Yeah, yeah. And when you get hit off guard the way that Spike did, it's really mind-blowing. Yeah. I remember seeing him in an interview afterwards, and he was saying that he just didn't know what had happened for a couple minutes afterwards. You know, it's, uh, yeah, very devastating. Now let's talk about somebody that's fairly close to me and kind of, and for, and really close to you, which is going to be Mr. Simon Keene. Yes. What's next for Simon? He's ghosted me on social media. He won't respond to me. What's, what's go, what's he got going on? What we want for him is the rematch against Dylan Carmen. Okay. So working on that, but, uh, you know, he suffered a bad loss in October and uh, so we have to make our steps slowly with him and make sure that his health is, uh, is well enough and um, that his mind is in the right place as well. You know, it's, it was his first defeat in career and that if it had been a win, it could have propulsed him up to, you know, the big, big fights. So yeah. it was really, uh, yeah, it was devastating. It was a tough fight for me to watch because he beat one of my best friends. Yeah. And, and then Dylan Carmen came in. And I was really actually pulling for Simon in that fight. I wanted him to win that fight. And then Dylan Carmen came in and wrecked the whole heavyweight division and with a few punches. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very surprising. Everyone in that room was shocked that day, except for Dylan Carmen's uh, entourage. You know, it was, uh, we didn't even know what happened. It was really, he was well prepared. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you can never underestimate your opponent. Well, Dylan's been around the game for so long now and it, even if there was a little inkling of underestimation from Simon when it comes in regards to Dylan, it's a bad idea. Dylan's a crafty veteran. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, no matter who it is, you can never underestimate your opponent in boxing. You know, you never know what happens. So you've always got to go in well prepared and ready for anything. Well, Dylan was smart. He stayed off of social media, didn't make Simon angry. Where we made that mistake, we pissed Simon off and he came in and wrecked our day. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It was uh, that extra bit of motivation, you know, the hype really built it up. And that was seriously lacking for this fight. He uh, he ghosted us. Well, so. I, I tried to get a hold of Simon because I really wanted to get behind that fight because I thought it was a big fight. And mm -hmm. uh, he was just social media silent. There was nothing. I said, all right, man, there's nothing I can do for you if you don't want to work with me. <laughs> but uh, realistically, I don't hate the guy. I think he he's a great boxer. And I, I'd like to see him succeed until he fights my friend again yeah he'll be back he'll be back sooner rather than later and he'll be ready what else we got going on for 2019 then from eye of the tiger uh there's the other big heavyweight what's his name yes arslanbek makmudov the lion excuse me <laughs> yeah it's gonna take a couple tries before you can articulate it properly arslanbek makmudov arslanbek makmudov Six foot five, two hundred forty pound giant, and yeah, yeah, he's massive. And uh, he's uh, did you see his last knockout on November twenty fourth? Now is this the guy that looks like the kid from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? You know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Same guy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's scary. He's scary. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be making some noise in 2019. He, uh, it's it's hard to find opponents for him. You know, it's uh, nobody wants to fight him, and he's still making his way. He needs to gain the experience, but his fights never last long. So it's it's been a challenge. But in 2019, we're hoping to see him in some significant fights and uh, really see his progression uh, coming through. I mean, we'll see on the next card how he does against a more veteran opponent and uh yeah we'll see he'll be making noise in the heavyweight division that's for sure oh when you kind of look into these guys you look at their professional record and it's not that deep especially the guys that are coming over from russia or kazakhstan because they have these things called semi-pro leagues okay and they're there's they've had a lot of fights Mm And especially, I'm just going to call him the lion because it's way easier for me. Yes, no problem. <laughs> he's had a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. I think he's up around 80 fights or something like that. Maybe more. He's had quite a few and he's had a very decorated amateur background as well. That's the thing with these guys from the East. They might not have a lot of fights when they come over here, but their amateur background is like ridiculous compared to here. 250, 300 fights. It's like just crazy. Well, it's crazy because the actual amateur record, too, they have, like, maybe two, five, seven losses. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, yeah. They're no joke once you look into them, and I don't blame some of these guys. Like, no, I don't want to fight a guy with 300 fights. Yeah, yeah, and uh, over there, you know, a lot of them, they live and breathe boxing. There's boxing schools where you live there, and that's all you do 24-7. So, you know, the um, – I don't want to say the devotion because it's a passion – but it's kind of like a way of life, mm-hmm. almost, you know? Uh, you guys over at Eye of the Tiger, you guys have a, a giant stable of fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon Keen, The Lion, G-Time, who else? You, uh, Ulysses. I don't want to leave anybody out that has something big coming up because I can't keep track of it all. Well, an exciting one as well that we didn't mention is Stephen Butler. Oh, yeah, Stephen. He's, uh, yeah, he's making his way in the middleweight division very, very fast. He's progressing. Uh, ever since his loss in 2017, he's really uh, matured all around. He's a new man. And uh, being a father, really taking his career seriously, we can just see the, the progression. It's phenomenal. What's next for Steven then? Are, are we going somewhere else? Or is he going to keep continuing to compete in Quebec? Or is he going to go overseas or something? Um, I think for this year, we're going to keep him with uh, the progressive fights. He's still very, very young. He And um, hopefully in 2020, we'll see him in a world championship fight. That'd be nice. I know that there's another Canadian guy that'd like a crack at him. Mm-hmm. His name's, yes. His name's Cody Crowley. Okay, okay. And uh, as for boxers in Canada, Cody's at the top of the heap. That'd be a great bout. Be a, it'd be a the, huge the local fight. against each other, yeah. It'd be good for Canadian boxing. I know Cody can bring the heat too. He likes to do. He's on social media a lot. He's training at the Mayweather gym, and then Stephen, his friggin' Instagram stories go on forever. I can't watch him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's very on it with his his social media. He loves his fans. He's very devoted. So I have a friend that trains in Quebec, and his name is Dario Berdisi, and he fights for. Uh, I don't even want to call him a rival promoter because it's not even close, but he fights for Yvonne Michelle. Yeah. And uh, him and Stephen Butler have this this love-hate relationship. So whenever Stephen posts something just I didn't, stupid, I'm going to call it stupid, he'll post dumb stuff 
I'll, I'll <laughs> screenshot it and send it to Dario, and then he'll like block me for a week. <laughs> funny. Yeah, uh, Stephen Butler is a fa- he's a great boxer. I've I've enjoyed every fight that I've watched him compete in. Yes, he's very exciting, and he's uh, he surprises us. You know, he's really uh, fighting. You know, he's twenty one years old, putting out these fights that you know veteran fighters, the way that they fight, their style. He's just he's on it one hundred percent. You have very good English for somebody that lives in Quebec. Yes. Well, my mom is uh, is English. I was brought up in an English household, oh. uh, but fluent in French and English. Okay. I, yeah. I did, there's not even much of an accent. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like. Um, I had Shaquille Finn on my podcast, and yes. I was expecting to talk to like some George St. Pierre knockoff with the <laughs> terrible accent, but he was fine too. But. No, especially in Montreal, it's very, very multicultural. You know, I'm half Lebanese. My father's Lebanese. Oh, jeez. And, uh, yeah, my mom is half Dutch. So I, I'm a big mix. And uh, in Montreal, you see all nationalities. So it's really, uh, you can get the really Quebec accents, but uh, then you've got the West Islanders like me. Who, uh... <laughs> is that what they call you, is West yeah. Islanders? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I live in the West Island, so yeah. <laughs> now, you said that you were working today. Is this I Have the Tiger Punch and Grace thing your full-time gig, or is this a project? Yes, no, it's my full-time thing, okay. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Wow, good yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm studying part-time as well, but uh, this is what I want to do. I want to be in boxing. Like you go to school? No, I study uh, from home. I study online, some okay. finance. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting, uh, I'm doing my Canadian securities course, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? It's, uh, it's to get your license as a, as a stockbroker. Oh, I respect that. Yeah, 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 it's good, it's good. Well, you, said, you said something that sounded like it was legal. I didn't know if you were going to arrest me. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I'm all, I'm all legal. <laughs> So you're not very old either. I'm going to guess 25. 24. 24. 24. Yes. Yeah. So it, that's a really cool thing that you're kind of be able to do what you want to do because it can't be work. No, I mean, it's a passion. It's uh, I absolutely love it. And I made my way up slowly. It was only about uh, two, three years ago that I started full time in boxing. And I started out by cleaning the gloves for the fights. Oh, well, wow. after the fights. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I made my way up the ranks. So it's truly a passion. And uh, I, I can't say that I'd want to be doing anything else. So the goal for you is to take over for dad? To, to work with dad. I love okay. my dad. <laughs> At some point, he's going to have to retire, though, and you're going to have to take over. We'll see when that day comes. <laughs> well, we yeah. have somebody that, like, I, whether you want to look up to her or not, but Mel Lubavik. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Is a powerhouse 100%. In, in boxing, and she is the, the only female promoter that I know, and she does a great job. Yeah, she's fantastic. I loved working with Mel on December 14th and having that connection. It's a very similar relationship that we each have with our fathers. You know, it's. Uh, that work family <laughs> thing. So I really connected with her and uh, she's a pleasure to be with all the time. Yeah. She does a great job. And it's somebody that you could literally look at and aspire to be because you yeah. guys are doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. 
And then who knows, maybe we get the Eye of the Tiger KO boxing <laughs> team up and we got two female promoters and then all hell's going to break loose. Who knows? Yeah, that's it. Maybe that's how the end of the world starts. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I see that you're very interested in horses. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Tell me, what is it that you do? Like, it's equestrian riding. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm an equestrian and uh, I practice English riding. What's that? It's uh, it's a discipline of riding. There's English. There's Western. English is where we uh, we jump. I've posted quite a few pictures and videos, and uh, we jump around courses. And it's really about making the horse look good and pretty. Okay. And uh, currently, I'm training a horse with my sister. It's her horse, and uh, so we share. She's she's young. She's learning quite fast, but. Uh, she gives us a bit of challenges, and uh, I absolutely love it. I've been riding for about 13 years now, and uh, I absolutely love it. Do you have your own horse? Yeah, it's my sister's. It's my sister's. She'd be happy oh, that I clarify that it's hers, <laughs> but we share. <laughs> and what's this horse's name? Her name is Dash. She's a gray horse. She's massive, um, and uh, she's gray. And the importance that I'm saying that is that her name, Dash, is short for Dash of Pepper. Oh. So it's very yeah, it's it's cute. <laughs> well, what kind of a horse is it? Um, I think she's a warm blood. I have to ask my sister to be honest. All I know is that she's huge and she's really uh, she she gives us a run for our money. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the country as a kid, and I had a horse, mm. and I named that thing horse. <laughs> it was an Appaloosa, and I hated it. Oh no! Why did you hate it? It would bite everybody. It oh. was, he was a prick. Okay. <laughs> they can be. They really, really can be. But if you put a saddle on him, he's fine. That's too funny. Yeah, that's it's kind of the other way around. She's never mean, but uh, you know when you just go and see her and and brush her, she she's like a dog. Like she'll lick our face like a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But then when you ride her, she's very, uh, she's super anxious. So we have a lot to work with, especially in the winter. They get very, very cold. And so that makes them extra tense and uh, really makes us grab onto the mane and make sure we don't swing off. <laughs> now to do these, this is an interesting thing to me because to do these courses where they're jumping and whatnot, there's got to be some like maintenance that you, that goes into these things. Like, are you taking them to a massage therapist? Like, do they eat a, a certain type of meal? What? Yeah. Well, it it varies depending on each horse. Because our horse is so anxious, for instance, we have to give her a very low sugar diet. And but she eats a lot. Like she gets three meals a day, whereas most horses get two, and she gets exercise six times a week. Oh wow. So yeah, yeah, it's a really big, uh, big commitment, and um, it's not something that you can do like you can go to the gym for forty-five minutes and get a workout in. It takes roughly three hours every time we go. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, it's serious. Why so long? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah because horses they uh, they need time to get prepared, and they also need time to cool down. If they're not properly cooled down, they can get sick. So there's all these. Uh, these different things that we have to do. We have to brush them. We have to clean the equipment. We have to make sure that they're all okay, that their feet are good. It's a, it's a huge, huge commitment. 
Uh, whereabouts do you do you live like right in the city? No, I I live about twenty minutes out from the city. Okay, so you're you can yeah. just go to the horse whenever you want. Then it's not far from you. Yeah, it's around twenty five minute drive. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah, I, I was just imagine you people for some reason like living in these high rise things for I don't know why. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> very low key. Yeah. All right. Well, I respect that. The yeah. horse thing sounds like a lot of work, though. It is a lot of work, but it's a passion. You know, if uh, if it's a passion, it doesn't become work anymore. So you're three hours, six days a week, or do you split not that me. with your sister? Yeah, yeah, I split okay. that with my sister, and she does most of the, the hard work. I'm only able to go once a week, so I only have my three hours. But uh, it's my sister's horse, so, you know, <laughs> she's got to take care of her. <laughs> and how is your, so your sister's younger, right? Yes, yeah. How, how old is she? 17? Yeah. Now, did Dad buy her that horse? Yes, it was a very big uh, birthday present. That's a very big birthday present. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad didn't buy you a horse. Sorry? So dad didn't buy you a horse. He did. He did many years ago, but uh, my horse passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. He got sick. And, uh, you know, there's these huge animals, but they're so sensitive. My sister actually had another horse a couple years ago as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, she passed away within a year of of us owning her. And, uh, yeah, she broke her leg, and you'd think that they're invincible, but they're so sensitive. It's uh, it's crazy. They're very expensive to keep. They are. Yeah, the horse isn't expensive. It's the upkeep. It's yeah. uh, You pay for board, you pay for feed, you pay for the equipment, you pay for the lessons, and then if you want to go show, you pay for that. So, yeah, it's it's a very expensive sport. I figured you guys would just buy, like, a barn or something. <laughs> that's even more work then we want to be there 24 7 <laughs> that's true you'd have to move there and then clean it out and exactly exactly and then no more boxing then i'd be sad <laughs> well you could put the gym at the side of the barn at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. stable of boxers stable of horses you and your sister <laughs> could be riding around the arena and <laughs> simon and ulysses could be hitting the bag you'd be fine. yeah why not why not it could be a new concept <laughs> sounds like it make money to me so what else what else do you get to do then you're constantly you're working on boxing you're working on promoting it you're working on the tv aspect it you're screwing around with this horse one day a week for three hours what else are you doing honestly that takes up all of my time you're done i I, that's all i can do i try to fit in more i uh but i I wish i could but i can't there's only 24 hours in the day and trust me i use them (laughs) Okay. Now, I did get in some fan questions for you. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to answer them if you don't want to. Okay. Go for it. All right. So, I posted that picture of myself, you, and Vincent Tremblay, and Punching Grace, and all that nonsense, and blah, 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 and everybody's, okay, who's the pretty blonde lady? (laughs) Does she have a boyfriend? Thank you, and no. (laughs) Hear that? Too busy. She's single. Hit her up. I won't give out your stuff, but <laughs> hit her up. Um, the next question, how long, I don't know if you're into the production of what goes into these shows, but how long does it take from the end of when you finish recording a boxing show, like let's take December 14th, uh, until you can put it up as a, as a video? December 14th? 
um, we that show was on a Friday night, and the full show was available on the Sunday, December the sixteenth. Oh wow! So it takes about forty-eight hours. That's not bad at all. No, no, yeah, our team really works hard as soon as we finish to get it all up there. It's unedited, so you know you've got the breaks and stuff in there. But I mean, at least you get to see the fights, and you can just click and fast forward over to the one that you want to see. You guys didn't edit it. No, nothing. Wow, I didn't drop any swear words either. Pattern. Everything's in there. <laughs> I didn't drop any swear words. I know. We were very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> now, how much trouble would I have got? This is my own question. How much trouble would I have gotten if I dropped a cuss word on there? You know what? We like the raw. We would like the raw footage. So I don't know if you've seen a couple of our documentaries, but we leave the swear words in there. Okay. We want to give the fans the true, true experience. I want another crack at it because I got some hate mail from people. Well, we'd love to have you back. We were thrilled with how you did. Because people are like, okay, well, why were you so nice? <laughs> okay, so this will be like a, a remake. Yeah, just, let's just redo it. Let's put all the same fights back together. And then, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this can be Tanner version unleashed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that uh, Adam Braidwood has some aspirations to come over to Quebec again. And uh, this time he will not be leaving me at home. Well, the Quebec public really, really loves him. So I think that uh, that could be a very realistic goal. I have a lot of French fans for some reason over in Quebec. You guys like me. Yes, yeah. We like the raw, real footage. Yeah, I don't tend to fuck around too much. I like to just <laughs> no. say it. If I want to say something, I'll just say it. Uh, we, we have a mutual friend. Her name is Cynthia. Yes, yeah, yeah. Cynthia is a big boxing fan. I didn't know if she was like working working with you or I didn't know what she was doing. But she's just she's a huge fantastic. fan. She's fantastic. She's a huge fan. Okay. And uh, she knows my, my father. They, they're neighbors kind of. They live in the same area. And she absolutely loves boxing. She loves our organization. She's just a 150% supporter. I respect that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's been at some events and they haven't been televised and she's got her cell phone out for me and and sent me a video of the fights okay okay whether she's gonna get shit for that now i don't really care because <laughs> i got to watch it talk with her after <laughs> <laughs> but you no know, it was just a couple specific fights that i needed to talk about and we didn't get it where i was so she yeah. just facetimed me and she'll hold the and so i can watch it and then okay. I can talk about it, and if somebody does something dumb, I'll say they did something stupid. Yeah, well, it'd be great to have you over at one of our shows in Montreal, you know, and then you can meet her, and be fantastic. <laughs> I was I was supposed to go to the Simon Braidwood one, and then a family issue came up, and I couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad, because Adam and I are, are really close. Yeah. And I, I wanted to be there for my buddy. But um, in some respects, I'm glad I didn't go because I don't know if I would have made it out of the building. Yeah, it would have been hard. You know, it's uh, it, it's always hard when your your boxer loses, and you know, maybe it's for it's for the better, like you said. Well, it, I was emotionally invested in it too because Simon and I got into it, and then mm -hmm. he would <laughs> he called me the weirdest names of all time, which would make me laugh because <laughs> I don't think he actually knew what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Like, he would call me a slut. I don't, I don't know if that's an insult. I, I think that he probably meant it as one. Probably. I just said thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, it was, uh, it got heated. It really did. It really did. And the, the ambiance in the room, when both fighters came out, it was like unlike anything I've ever witnessed before in boxing. I, I can't even put it into words. It was unbelievable, the tension. Well, some fantastic person out there, I don't know who it was, but they made sure that I knew that every time something was going live from Eye of the Tiger management on that week for the open workouts or the weigh-ins or there was a press conference, somebody yeah. was sending it to me and they're like, hey, watch this now. I don't know who oh. it was. Okay, good. But, so you got to follow along. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a couple of times I was on Adam's phone, like as FaceTime video, and I'd be like, oh. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was there, but not at that, like not physically present. It was kind of neat because I could actually see how intense it was over yeah. video because I I was invested in it and I was like, oh wow, this is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you can feel that over a phone, you know, that's when you know that the hype is really there. It, it got serious real quick. And, oh, yeah, it really, really did. I, w I wish I was there. Hopefully, we can get that that one done again. It'd it'd be a great rematch. I think I think it's fitting, mm -hmm. because uh, realistically, I don't know if Dylan will give Simon a rematch. I think he says a lot of things and then doesn't do it. We'll see. I mean, he can't hold on to the belts and not fight. No. So, either way, we're gonna make our way back, and uh, we have confidence in Simon one hundred percent. Well. Okay, here's a question then. Will Simon get a warm-up fight or is he just going to jump right back into that? Uh, we'd like the Carmen fight, but right we're taking away. one step. Yeah, one step at a time because Simon wasn't himself that night. You know, he uh, not taking away anything from Dylan. Dylan was more prepared. He was the better boxer that night. But uh, there was something that wasn't there. So... I think if he goes into that fight with the mindset that he had against Braidwood, then it would be it would have been a different outcome. You need an antagonist, and you don't have one in that situation, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I think, unfortunately, it was a hard lesson to learn, but uh, I think this taught him that you don't always get the antagonist. You don't always get the hype, no. but you have to create it for yourself. Well, I'll send a message to Simon then. Um Realistically, Simon, every fight should be a world title fight for you at this point. It doesn't matter anymore. Whether it's Adam Braidwood, Frankie Rill, Dylan Carmen, Stan Cermak, Christian LaRondo, the f fucking DJ Khaled, that guy you fought on TVA Sports, I don't care. Every one of them is a world title fight for you now. And if you can't bring the aggression that you brought against Braidwood to all those fights, then you might want to rethink what you're doing. But... I think that he's a great talent. I think he has everything that he ha he could go win a world title. 100%. Yeah, he's got the talent. He's got the skill. He's got to sharpen the tools every day. He's got to work at it constantly. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we're confident that he'll put in that work. And, you know, the world is his. And he's secretly funny. He's hilarious. He's a character, Simon. Uh, <laughs> I wish we got more of it um, through, like, when you guys did the documentary or even like his Instagram stuff or his face, I wish we could see more of that side of him because he's actually hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He really, he's a funny, funny guy. He's a big yeah. goofball. And, uh, 
if I ever get to see him in person, I'll definitely shake his hand and tell him, listen, just be yourself, man, because you're hilarious. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so 2019 is going to be a big year for you guys. From what I'm hearing, I won't release any kind of secret news that I've heard or rumors, but I believe that it's going to be a big year. I believe so as well. Yeah. We're always aiming to, to do better than the last year. Yeah. Niagara Falls. Mm. That's a place that I know that something's going to be going on. And I'm very excited for that. I'm excited too. I'm excited. <laughs> we won't go any further about that, but um, I have the Tiger Management is hands down the biggest boxing promotion that we have in Canada. And I, I hope you guys go coast to coast because uh, that's something that we need here. I agree. And, uh, you know, thankfully with Punching Grace, that's something that we're working on. We're, we're diversifying. We're, we're giving the boxing fans what they want. I would love to see you guys do a show in BC. Yeah, we'd love to do that too. We're, we're taking over. <laughs> well, I can't wait. To uh, <laughs> January 26th is the next show, correct? Mm-hmm. Steve Claggett versus G-Time. Who was on the undercard of that fight again? Um, we have Sadrudinak Medov in the co-main event for a world junior title. There's going to be Arslanbek Mahmudov, the lion. Mm -hmm. There's also going to be Kim Clavel, Raphael Korshain, Francois Pratt, who fought on June 16th. Um, we've also got our guys from Quebec, Vincent Thibault, Clovis Drolet. And we have the pro debut of Lexin Mathieu from Quebec City. So uh, it's going to be a really, really stacked card for that small ring at the casino. <laughs> I've heard that that ring is very small. It's very small. It's almost claustrophobic. When you get the heavyweights in there, it's like you, you want to back up. You know, it's, uh, it's very, very tiny. So it should be very interesting. What's the dimensions of that ring? Is it 16 by 16? Yeah, it's the smallest, 16 by Ooh. 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to put that <laughs> giant Russian in there? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It makes for a great night of boxing. Somebody's going to fly out of the ring. <laughs> you know what? It, it's almost happened. It's almost happened. And the stage is right there. So if someone flies out, they're falling onto tables. They're falling onto media. It's uh, now makes that you I, teeth. <laughs> now that I know the dimensions of this ring... Mm -hmm. The main event is very, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's going to put both boxers in a very tough position. Because Steve don't go backwards. Mm -hmm. And neither does G-Time. That's it. And they don't have much room to move anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you guys might have to bring me in for this one. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> now, are we going to talk about the side bet that we got going on? Side. Oh, sure, sure. Go ahead. All right. So the other day we were we were chatting over the gram, mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of said that G time. It's not his time, and you told me to go screw myself pretty much. <laughs> and uh, we, I, I asked you to do a friendly bet. Yes. <laughs> and something got lost in translation from French to English or English to French, and you threw money down on it. <laughs> Well, that's how confident I am, Tanner. Yeah. You should have looked at the ring first, Emmanuel. Now you're in trouble. But I also don't bet, so... Me neither. That's. I just thought that friendly meant not a lot of money. <laughs> oh, like, we've done friendly bets where I've had to get a tattoo. Oh, okay. 
that's a whole other <laughs> So you want to hear a funny story? Go ahead. Okay. So uh, Cam O'Connell fought Tony Lewis in uh, in Tony's hometown. Mm-hmm. And we got into it. Uh, I actually made national news for this one because I said something dumb. <laughs> but uh, I, I implied that the people of Cornwall were inbred. <laughs> and, uh, well, I didn't imply it. I actually said it in, in worse <laughs> worse terms than that, which is not true. The people of Cornwall are not inbred. <laughs> but... Oh, but uh, they have a local radio show there, and they called me up. They're like, we want you to come on the show. I said, all right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So we made a bet that if Cam O'Connell law, or won, they would have to get a tattoo of a clover leaf, And it would be like something to do with Irish people. Be, uh, who knows? And then <laughs> I, if Tony won, I would have to get a tattoo of a lightning bolt blowing up a clover leaf. Okay. Cam lost. Okay. So now I have a tattoo on my foot. You actually got it. Yeah, you want to see it? <laughs> you want? Wow. Yeah, I actually have. The, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my foot up this high. <laughs> wow. Hold on. You see that? Yeah, off to the right. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's, it shows that you have character. Hey, if I make a bet, I follow through with it. I wasn't I wasn't anticipating a tattoo. I actually tried to get them to do it on the bottom of my foot so I could step on it. Underneath, okay. You know, yeah, you get it? But they yeah. wouldn't do it. They're like, no, it's going to rub off in three minutes. I said, all right. So <laughs> put it on the top of my foot so I can at least cover it up with a sock so I don't have to look at it every time. But I do, I do have an addition that will be going on to that tattoo, and it's Tony Lewis's autograph. Okay. I really like Tony's actually a really nice guy. He's a he's a great boxer. He's one of the best we got in Canada, and he's a family man. And I respect him as a person and the people of Cornwall. You guys aren't inbred. <laughs> but uh, yeah, funny story. Well, we're not we're not doing tattoos. We're doing twenty bucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, when did you said G time by decision? Correct. Yeah. And what did I say? You said Claggett by the seventh round body shot. That's a good pick. Uh, are you going to cry when you lose? No. <laughs> no? No, because I'm not going to lose. You're very confident. I am. I am. Uh, does G-Time speak English? Uh, he speaks a bit of English. bit of English, eh? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do maybe five minutes with him. If he wants to come on, he's more than welcome at any time. Sure, I'll pass the message. Any, any, listen, any of your guys over in Quebec, they want to come on the show. They're all welcome. There's no animosity over here towards any of them at all. Perfect. I know some of them think I hate them. Simon, I don't hate you. I like you. It's all good. But uh, I know I was going to get Ulysses on. Mm-hmm. Because he's, uh, he signed with the zone now, right? Is that how that works? How does it work? Um, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, I do know that he speaks English, so that would be a good starter point. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. Does he have a fight coming up? Uh, not yet. He's working on some things back to training, back in the gym. But he just came off of a super big win in Madison Square Garden, you know, on on, on Dazen. 
So he's really, he's making, knocking at the doors of the big, big fights. Okay, that's some drama we can get into. We can talk about that. Yeah, um, 100%. So Manny Montreal put out before that fight on zone with Ulysses that Ulysses was going to fight Steve Claggett on that card. Was that a real thing? Um, there was a lot of complications with it. It was it was the original wish, but uh, it didn't port fruit. Okay, because he messaged me yelling at me because I'm friends with Steve. Steve signed. I was like, okay, I don't know this boxing man. We're gonna have to figure it out. Just wait. Okay. <laughs> but that's a. It was. An, I was excited for the fight because I like both guys. I feel that Steve did win the first fight, and I think they should redo it because it was really really close. I think there should be a rematch as well. I'm on the other side of the fence. I think that Ulysses won. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see depending on how things go. After taking on that big fight at Madison Square Garden, we'll see how January 26th goes. And, uh, you know. He made easy work of that fight. Yeah. It's, it wasn't, he didn't have a rough night by any means. No, 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 and he's really been been working his way up. When he fought the Hebrew Hammer back uh, last year on December 16th, that was a phenomenal fight as well. What was that guy's name? Seldom something. Uh, it was Seldin. Seldin. Something Seldin. Damn it. Uh, yeah, it's going to bug me too. Damn it, because he had the weirdest style of all time. Yeah, I, I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, it was very, very strange. I was confused and, watching it because the the commentators were very they, they they're really pushing for this guy to win. He was the favorite, you know. There's yeah. there's no denying it. He was the favorite to win, but uh, Udis he really just he put his boxing to the test and he came out the winner in a really phenomenal way. He made a huge statement and he keeps making statements every fight. So, uh, especially on June 16th, too, when he fought, I don't remember his name, his opponent, but he fought this massive 140-pound fighter. He was so tall, and his reach was just so, so long, and he, he made it look like a game. Yeah. So, he's really one of the next big names in Quebec boxing, I think, and, and worldwide in the 140s. And now, when you when you look at Ulysses' body, body of work so far, and then the fight that him and Steve did have... Mm -hmm. which was very, very competitive and very close. Yeah. January 26th, I'm going to win. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say yes, Tanner. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this thing up. Where can everybody, well, everybody, you go to punchandgrace.com, hit subscribe, mm -hmm. pay your $11 a month. What do they get with that? Okay, so you're guaranteed a minimum of five full shows a year, as well as 80 fights a year. Because sometimes, you know, we have our, our main events on TVA. So what we're trying to do is get our undercards available on Punching Grease so that you can see the whole event. Yeah, so you're going to get many, many fights throughout the year, as well as the records of uh, Interbox. So that's 20 years of boxing. I have the Tiger, 10 years of boxing, all onto this archive of, uh, of fights. 
And as well, we're releasing documentaries focusing on fighters every week. They're about five-minute documentaries, as well as documentaries that are on there. Um, they're like 22 minutes that we've been doing over the past couple of years. It's really interesting to see, especially the evolution of like uh, of Simon, of Stephen Butler, of David Lemieux. You get all of this content, and it's just 11 bucks a month. It's really, it's like a no-brainer. It's cheap. It's a no-brainer. If you don't do it, I'll be mad at you. Yeah, I agree. So will I. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me you want me to answer today? No, I just want to say thanks, Tanner. It was great. great well, thank chat. you for coming on. Don't hang up right, right away. I'll talk to you off the air for a couple minutes. But, guys, as always, the podcast is brought to you by USG Canada. Hit them up. Get some gloves. Get your If you want custom ring attire, hit up USG. We're also brought to you by Onnit. If you're not on it, get on it at onnit.com forward slash TFS podcast. And that's the final shot.